Brought to you by me, Rita Savoya, founder of Savoya Self-Care Holistic Wellness. I'm a certified nutritionist and a holistic wellness coach for midlife women who want to rediscover their happier, sexier selves naturally without pills or side effects so that they can thrive as they age. I'm also the creator of the Savoya Self-Care Method, empowering women to nurture heart, mind, and body for transformative results. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to help millions of midlife women become their own health heroes. As a woman entrepreneur and a caregiver to aging parents, I fully understand the many responsibilities and generally stressful times women are living through these days, often suffering in silence, misunderstood, and putting themselves last. That's why each week I will be here for you, guiding you on your personal wellness journey, sharing expert advice from thought leaders on natural, practical, and simple solutions to help you thrive during the midlife transition. Get ready to listen to inspiring conversations about all things wellness, nutrition, mindset, mental health, fasting, hormones, menstrual cycle awareness and sinking, ancient healing strategies like meditation, mindfulness and breath work, and spirituality. Every month, I will also be featuring a small to medium-sized business to help spread the word on the amazing work they're doing so we can support them. And now, without further ado, let's get ready to rumble. Happy listening! Hello, my beautiful self-care goddesses, and thank you for joining me on another awesome episode of the Self-Care Goddess podcast. Today, I am super excited to have a very special guest. His name is Tom, or Thomas, I think Tom you prefer, um, Chapman here. He's from Upper Canada Native Art, and this is located in the heart of beautiful and historic Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, and they specialize in Inuit and, I hope I say this right, which is Iroquois art and unique and exquisite gift wear, celebrating and promoting Canadian Native artisans. For more than 30 years, they have been working directly with Native artists across Canada, and this personal and deep involvement in the people and the art make their collection one of the most unique and finest in North America. I actually personally came across Upper Canada Native Art. I think it was in the spring that I visited your store and just, I was in awe. My jaw was beautiful pieces, really beautiful handmade pieces. I bought dream catchers for all the, with these beautiful gemstones on them with, uh, for all the women in my family. And I actually bought a really, really awesome CD as well. So you can maybe talk to us about that musical um, artist and some candles. So I knew right away that I wanted to have you guys on the podcast because the what um, the collectibles you have are so beautiful that I think more and more people should know about it and and I can't wait to hear the story. So welcome, 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 Tom. Thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you very much for inviting me and uh, thank you for your visit uh, back in the spring. That seems so long ago now as we sit here in the middle of September. It's so true. It's so true. So tell us a little bit more about um, Upper Canada Native Art. What is it exactly? And what what sort of art um, are you selling? Mm, Well, Upper Canada um, is a, uh, I guess it's a, it's a uh, kind of an end goal um, that uh, 
that we're really fortunate to be uh, uh, the creators and uh, administers of. Um, my career started back in the uh, late 80s, um, uh, in between careers, uh, having resigned from a very good long career uh, to uh, take the year off uh, when our first child was being born and uh, was on an aircraft on a pleasure trip and, and met a uh, member of the uh, uh, government of uh, Northwest Territories at the time. And uh, it just kind of spun from there. And, uh, and then I found the next 25 years uh, from that point, uh, working throughout the Arctic, the NWT. And then of course, when Nunavut was created in 99, um, going over and uh, working with them. Uh, both uh, in both situations, they were managing development corporations, which were crown agencies. And uh, my role specifically was uh, as director of marketing uh, within the arts and crafts divisions. So I had the luxury of not only traveling this part of the world that very, very few people do and traveling it quite extensively, but meeting all of these artisans and crafters and, and really unique individuals throughout Canada's North um, that uh, few get to see or, or meet. And we've retained these friendships for decades. And uh, then um, having left that, uh, I've always been a distributor uh, on behalf of the governments up there. Uh, I did it privately for uh, a number of years. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that. COVID, uh, this thing called COVID came into play. Uh, it was uh, time to slow down, perhaps even retire. And um, uh, we were, my wife is uh, locally born and raised and grown here, she likes to say in Niagara on the lake. And um, I guess as a casualty of COVID, uh, for the first time in 22 years on the main street of Niagara on the lake, a space came available. Mm. Uh, the wheels started turning. I was under pressure from a lot of artist friends not to go away uh, off into the sunset. And uh, a very quick decision was made to uh, continue, but continue uh, in a gallery format versus uh, a broader distribution, global distribution format. And um, no looking back, uh, we've, uh, we opened this location in January of this year uh, during lockdown, which uh, actually had its own silver lining because it, it allowed us just to continue to get out and, uh, and work with artists every day on some of the local reserves. Mm -hmm. as well as uh, throughout uh, friends throughout uh, uh, the Arctic or subarctic uh, uh, NWT, Yukon, and, uh, and uh, of course, Nuvu. And here we are after a very busy summer, you know, seeing about 250 people on average through the door a day and getting all kinds of comments and um, inviting artists to be here as often as we could. Uh, very important for them, not only for us to be their voice, but for them to actually hear um, uh, you know, what folks are thinking and, and saying and doing, which is very, very important to the community. Uh, it's one of the things I was doing in the Arctic. Uh, again, they're very geographically challenged. Um, the total disconnect with regard to information, you know, from the actual uh, collector and or marketplace uh, to the artist, his or herself. And uh, so I found that I spent those decades, you know, trying to bridge that gap and, uh, and now continuing to do that, but just on a little smaller format. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's an amazing story. So what sort of art are you selling in the art gallery? Well, st still focusing uh, a great deal on Inuit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Inuit art has, as a actual sector, has been uh, around for uh, going on close to 70 years at this point. And uh, it was probably about 10 or 15 years after my involvement in the Indigenous arts and crafts sector that I found that I, too, have Indigenous background, hmm. and um, which was kind of a surprise. Um, and uh, about that same time, uh, I started making some connections with some local Haudenosaunee. We were very close on that. Uh, Haudenosaunee artists, uh, as they are known, or as, you know, we refer uh, to them uh, more commonly as the Iroquois, mm-hmm. uh, which make up the Six Nations. And um, we connected. Um, these uh, folks were, you know, very interested in um, uh, moving their their artworks, I guess, if you will, to the next level. Um, the federal government had got behind and championed Inuit, uh, decades ago um, mm-hmm. on a global scale, which I was part of for, uh, as I mentioned, for a few of the decades. And, uh, but uh, most of the other First Nations cultures did not have that similar kind of support. Mm-hmm. And um, so we just, uh, we looked to work together. Uh, the first thing was to meet the people, uh, meet as many, you know, interested uh, artisans as I, as I could and, and look at the artwork and, and uh, you know, just talk about, uh, you know, who they were uh, culturally, uh, personally, uh, where they hoped to go. Um, and I, you know, uh, brought that to the attention of some very important galleries uh, throughout Canada and uh, a couple throughout the world, uh, internationally rather. And um, these galleries very quickly recognized uh, the talent uh, that was uh, behind this Haudenosaunee culture um, that just didn't have the recognition that Inuit did and that just continued to snowball and we've now uh, very, uh, I think, uniquely blended the two. Uh, most galleries globally um, that are dealing in Canadian Indigenous generally pick a lane or maybe a lane and a half. And that might be, you know, focusing just on Inuit with, you know, perhaps a little bit of West Coast or, you know, or West Coast with a little bit of Inuit and things of this nature. But we're uh, we're trying to uh, give as much representation of both uh, these specific cultures as we can, sprinkling in others uh, as they become available, uh, i.e. Uh, artworks from Western Canada, uh, Salish, uh, Haida-made uh, folks up in the uh, the Western Arctic, Dene, Inuvialuit, uh, um, a variety of groups that uh, and individuals that you know either find us or, or we find them or you know somebody that we've um, had a history with in the past and uh, and just continue to reach out and work with them. Mm-hmm. That's amazing how you're bridging that gap. It's really, really lovely. And we're so fortunate uh, that you're doing what you're doing because you're bringing us this amazing art. So what, what is the main difference between the Inuit and the Iroquois art? Well, the, the art is, is often um, an expression of culture. Okay. Yes. And uh, the Inuit, as do you know, many of the First Nations cultures in, in Canada, they have different uh, cultural Mm-hmm. Uh, histories, backgrounds, beliefs, uh, which is reflected in their artwork, be it, you know, two-dimensional, three-dimensional um, clothing, you know, fabric arts, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's this is why we find this such an interesting blend. Unfortunately, the consumer coming in really um, 
uh, doesn't see it as one, but they can they can see this not necessarily a cultural divide, but just an extension, um, you know, from one culture to the other and vice versa. Whereas the Inuit have, you know, a completely, almost a completely different uh, range of beliefs and histories and thoughts and mythologies, mm-hmm. uh, which finds its way into its artwork. The Haudenosaunee, you know, uh, tree line, et cetera, um, you know, have a different uh, set of um, history or a different set of, uh, not necessarily values, but uh, interests and beliefs uh, mm-hmm. as well. And so the two of them just seem to blend. They, there's no very little overlap. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, they complement each other very, very well. And they speak to the different regions of Canada, um, just visually, um, which is, uh, I think, something that really impresses a lot of folks. Yes, and that's why it's just so beautiful. It's just so unique. Each piece as well is just so different from from the rest. And it makes it a lot more intriguing to have (laughs) and collect um, as well. So I'm curious, how did you find out that you had Indigenous roots? Did you take a DNA test or? Uh, We had an aunt, uh, one of the the sane aunts in the family. Uh, from back in the day, and uh, she started doing some research, uh, okay. family tree, things mm-hmm. of that nature, mm-hmm. and she she came across that. And recently, um, well, not so recent, I guess a year and a half ago, uh, I actually went down that uh, ancestry uh, uh, .ca path, and uh, just for for confirmation, and uh, looks like um, uh, the indigenous side of the family is coming out of Quebec. Okay, uh, so all kinds of interesting things, uh, you know, in that regard, but. Uh, um, you know, just further, I guess, reinforce that uh, this is where I meant to be yes. for the last 35 years. Yes, exactly. I was going to say, you just connected all the dots that you are exactly where you were supposed to be. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's interesting how I said the DNA test when, yes, before the DNA test, there were people and there still are people doing it the more traditional way as well. So the ancestry and the, and the family tree and doing it more um, less um, of the DNA stuff. So yeah, that's really cool. So tell me a little bit more about the artists that you are supporting. How do you select them? Because I was reading your website and there's some self-taught artists, right? And artisans. And then there's some that are obviously been handed down this craft from generation to generation. So that's really interesting as well. Tell me a little bit more about the artists and how do you, how you source them or select to work with yeah them. yeah and that's um you know uh, that's uh, all over the map uh, no pun intended mm-hmm. in that regard uh uh at this stage you know uh, basically our, our focus is um, is working with just some really fine people um and the fact that uh those folks happen to be in our opinion really great artists is is a bonus and uh, we look at uh, what we do here um, with the artists um, as, a, as a sense of partnership. Um, we're extremely transparent, uh, more so with the local uh, group, which are much more much more easily accessed and, and communicated with uh, geographically. Are those the people on your website listed on the website that you work with? No, uh, not all of them. Okay. Not all of them. Uh, as a matter of fact, and I have to apologize to one and all that uh, we've uh, really had a tough time keep, keeping up with the website this summer. Okay. Um, at the beginning, you know, we would be posting things only to find that, you know, that they would find new homes, you know, within an hour or a day. And 
And so it was very tough to keep up, but we will get back to that very shortly um, now that things are starting to level off a little bit. But uh, no, it's it's um, it's word of mouth. I mean, uh, there'll be a uh, a new um, artist that'll come into the into the gallery uh, three or four times a week. Uh, that is a friend of someone that we might be working up with, or a family member, or 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 along those lines. So a lot of it is word of mouth. Um, again, a lot of it is are those folks that I've known um, mm-hmm. for three and a half decades in many cases. Uh, these can be sons and daughters of some of those people that I first met mm-hmm. 30 plus years ago. Uh, in many cases, they are. Um, a lot of um, uh, a lot of the artisans here do come from families of artists, mm-hmm. uh, be it you know mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters. Um, it's it's really interesting to see and. Um, and so they, they're, you know, largely self-taught, but they learn some ability and technique in, in the three-dimensional case, how to work with stone often from a friend or a family member. And at a very young age, um, I was, uh, I'm sitting here, you know, I'm looking at one of my favorite pieces um, and it was uh, presented to me a couple of years ago by the son of a, uh, of an artist that uh, we represent here, Eric Silver uh, from the uh, Grand River Six Nations Reserve. And, and uh, he's Oneida. And uh, his son uh, very bashfully was hiding something behind his back uh, two years ago. And, and his dad encouraged him to show it to me. And he pulled out this little bear, this little stone bear that he had mm-hmm. carved. Well, Kayla at that time was five years old. Wow. <laughs> and, would sit in the carving studio with his father. Well, I was uh, really fortunate uh, on uh, on the reserve uh, 10 days ago and, and uh, now seven-year-old Caleb presented me with a little bowl that he had carved and etched. And, um, and, and I just, I find that great, you know, and, and this is kind of how, you know, it, uh, it tends to move along, you know, especially if they can see their, their siblings or their parents, you know, having some success, enjoying what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know good spawns good and uh, and this is what we try to seek out and encourage mm-hmm. I was actually going to ask you what is your favorite piece and now I know that's your favorite piece at home what's your favorite piece in the art gallery that you- uh, I, I don't uh, there isn't a piece uh, quite uh, honestly that is here and I'm looking uh, currently at uh, I'm, I'm taking a guess here but maybe 350 pieces uh, there isn't a piece that I wouldn't love to have in my own home Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so sometimes we get to enjoy them, you know, if they're here for a week or three weeks. Uh, sometimes we get to enjoy them for a, a day or two. But um, mm. uh, it's uh, it's tough. Years ago, I started collecting. I started taking things home and only to find, you know, new things. And I would, you know, exchange and replace. And now it's it's just I've, I've resolved to the fact that I'm going to enjoy them while they're here. Yes. Uh, because I know tomorrow there's going to be something new coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note, every day, um, it's uh, it's like Christmas. Uh, <laughs> with nothing new, either arriving from the Arctic or, you know, some part of the country uh, mm-hmm. from one of the local reserves. There's something new arriving every day that just, you know, keeps us motivated and, and excited about doing this. Yes, for sure. And I can hear some music in the background, a beautiful flute. Ah, sorry. Yeah. No, that's lovely. I love it. Is that one of the CDs of the artists? 
That is, that is, okay. that would have been the one I think you had mentioned that uh, you yeah, had acquired. I, okay, yes, uh, yes, you had it right at the, the cash register. We did. They're currently not available. Again, there's there's been a lot of, you know, as, as we've tried to find positive during COVID, uh, that is a two, two-edged uh, positive negative. The <laughs> music actually uh, is uh, being played by um, a Mohawk artist both visual and performing artist, David Maracle from the Tyndenegger Reserve mm-hmm. down towards Kingston, who makes his own flutes. Mm. I've seen him perform live. He's amazing. He's internationally recognized, um, uh, has numerous awards uh, for his music, uh, musical abilities. Uh, but, um, you know, at, on that note, I mean, one of the... Uh, I guess one of the silver linings with COVID is, you know, with his concerts um, and uh, all of his dates being canceled, performing music, um, you know, he had the time to create uh, some uh, some visual art for us as well. And we've got a beautiful sculpture in the gallery here from him not too long ago. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. And one request I did have is because I can only listen to my CD in the car. And, you know, we're not driving as much as we used to. So the only request I had, is there any way that he is considering doing it on a digital format, like MP3, or maybe perhaps putting it somewhere where we can download it type of thing so that we can have it. Absolutely. Those are conversations. That's something that I'll uh, I'll have to get back to you on. Uh, okay. David might already have that uh, that information. I just know that they're just, you know, a lot of the, the art community really took a hit, as did most of the, every other sector the last 18 months in Canada. Yeah. And so David's just, you know, they're, they're reinventing, rebuilding, um, uh, you know, rede- redeveloping, re-strategizing, planning for the, you know, the new future, the new normal. Um, and I'm certain that, that uh, if that's not already in play, that's something that David would uh, have on the uh, on his radar for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And please do let me know. It's a beautiful CD. I, I enjoy it very much. <laughs> and um, I'm using it um, for meditations as well, but it's a little hard because, yeah, it's a CD. So. Exactly. I need to be sitting in my car <laughs> and my car, meditating. Car not, I've got a new car and it doesn't have a CD player. Exactly, right? I don't even think they're going to make them anymore. Yes, moving forward. So, But, you know, I'm glad he's working on it, which is great. And, yes, I'd love to know about his concerts as well. So I can just look it up online? Yeah. Yeah, I, perfect. I so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just a little bit more about the communities because I do, I'm really fascinated with them. So have you noticed that they, they promote this the sort of art and craftsmanship and um, like obviously music as well. Um, have you noticed that, or is that something that? Um, yeah, I'm just curious. I'm sorry, you broke up there. Have I noticed? Uh... Oh, sorry. If the the communities promote the, the this um, craftsmanship or um, art and or music, they they promote it within the community. Is that something that you've noticed? That's why these artists are flourishing because it's um, something that's very much accepted in the communities it uh yes and no um depending on on communities it's um you know with regard to um uh many of the communities that we're working in especially north of 60 are very very small communities and uh their only chances for success is for their their craftsmanship um, to make it outside of the community, uh, to get to a larger center, to have a, mm-hmm. a larger, you know, ability to uh, be seen by more more folks. 
Um, we're working in communities in the north that uh, are as small as 80 or 100 people. Um, and uh, we just received from Fort, uh, a community called Fort Liard uh, in uh, the Western Arctic in the NWT, just some wonderful birch bark and, and quill mm-hmm. baskets and boxes and, and things of that nature, which, uh, you know, um, they have to make it, you know, have to come out of the community. They have to, you know, get some gallery presence to, uh, you know, to, to create and build a following because uh, mm-hmm. these, these, uh, these places are hard to find on the map. Mm-hmm. Let alone visit. Exactly. I mean, I wouldn't be able to go, would I? Or do you have to be? How does that work? Do you have to be invited, or no? Can you, I just pitch up and be like, "Can I buy your art?" <laughs> you, you, you certainly could. And I've had a number of clients and friends over the years that uh, you know wanted to, you know, in the Eastern Arctic, for example, where so much artwork, you know, uh, is created. Um, such a, a vast talented body in throughout Nunavut of uh of artisans and uh, I've had a number number of uh uh friends that have gone north um and traveled to some of these communities uh unannounced I mean there's no reason to you know announce you're coming I mean book a place to stay and, and, and a plane ticket the way you go and uh but expecting to find artwork you know, on the ground, like picking up, you know, gold nuggets or, you know, only, but, you know, mostly to be disappointed, you know, walking into a community, you know, that might, uh, Cape Dorset, um, Baffin Island might be one, for example, which is, you know, home to some 50 or 60, you know, full-time artists and to find nothing, you know, available, uh, simply because the work is either underway uh, it's kind of off season and folks are out fishing or at their camps or a caribou have just passed by or the fish are biting or, 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 you know, um, it's just not, it's, it's just not that simple. It's, it's quite a, uh, even for our acquisitions, uh, even though we're connecting with, uh, the artists individually, it still takes a, a village as they say, um, uh, there still has to be a community member who's organizing the packaging and the boxes and, and, you know, just facilitating everything else that the artist not necessarily can't do, but doesn't want to do, you know, and, and this helps, you know, kind of get uh, uh, everybody just concentrate on, on the art, for example, Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas somebody else is looking after getting it down here to market, you know, in uh, in one piece and in a timely manner and things of that nature. So it's uh, there's a lot uh, there's a lot that goes uh, behind it. Uh, in Canada, um, we are, uh, and I believe this is still in Ottawa, like many other countries around the world, France, uh, Australia, to name to the state of California, uh, artist resale rights. And, um, and that's something that uh, I'm all for. Uh, there's no question a board I sat on for 10 years in the Arctic um, is, is a big, uh, you know, a big fan of, of moving that along. But when it comes to the geography of the uh, people north of 60, there's a little bit of a different dynamic in play there. Um, simply because of the cost of getting goods to market. But this will all come to light hopefully in a couple of years when, when um, you know, we start to find out about these artists' resale rights, which, you know, protect and benefit Canadian artists. But um, I'm still thinking it's three to five years away from coming into effect, so it's still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. That's great advice. That's why I'll rely on you 
to bring and distribute and make it easy for me. But I wouldn't mind the adventure one day, hopefully oh, one day. <laughs> and I highly recommend it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, so I'm actually curious. I mean, you've spoken to a lot of the leaders in the community as well, very wise men and women. What was the best advice um, that they ever gave you? That they have ever given me? Yes. Uh, uh, there's been. I'm sure you've had amazing conversations. Yeah. There's 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 been a number. Uh, mm-hmm. There's been a, we never stop learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had yeah. a number uh, from a local reserve in here just just this past week, and uh, and uh, I felt like a uh, a 62 year old child in a classroom, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was uh, it was an honor that you know some of the the things that uh, he was sharing and, and we were talking about, but uh, uh, I, I you know some of the things are as simple as. Uh, uh, 15 years ago in a, in a community, uh, the only inland community in the Eastern Arctic out of the 28 is called Baker Lake. And uh, I had the misfortune uh, uh, of flying in there, I guess, uh, uh, on what was on record, I think one of the coldest uh, couple of days uh, in a long time up there. And uh, with the wind, it was hitting minus 68 degrees. Wow. And our plane, even though we had a, an electric heating blanket around both engines, um, still refused to start the next morning. It was frozen. So we're making our way, uh, not having planned to stay this long, we're making our way to this little center that um, we were managing at the time. And I see this fellow outside um, standing on the veranda uh, having a cigarette. And I could tell right away by the Wolverine uh, uh, cuff on his uh, on the head of his parka uh, just who it was. And it was a, at that time, about an 80 year old, uh, carver by the name of Tuna Ikalik, who, um, has, uh, since passed, but, uh, a really interesting, uh, gentleman, um, and artist. And, uh, we looked at him and, and for many, many years, he had, uh, he had always, uh, expressed that we needed an interpreter, uh, whenever we were chatting and, and that went on for a long, long time. As we walk up to the top of these stairs, and I look in through this little fur hole leading into where his face was, I see the smile back at me, and he looks at me and says, global warming, eh? <laughs> so he comes inside, and I said, Tuna, you know, all these years, you know, I thought you, you know, couldn't, uh, you know, we couldn't speak the same language very well. And he, he laughed, he, he joked. And so I made a comment about the weather. You know, I said, boy, that's brave of you to stand out in this nasty weather. And he says, you know, Tom, he says, there's no such thing as bad weather. He said, there's only bad preparation for it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's probably, you know, especially traveling the Arctic, it doesn't matter. You can be in Woodbridge or Toronto in the rain or, you know, as long as you're prepared for whatever the weather's going to bring. Uh, and that was uh, as so simple, but that's just something that has resonated and, and stuck with me forever. Mm-hmm. And it has a nice analogy for life as well, right? Sort of be absolutely prepared. Be prepared. Yeah, for what life brings. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. As best you can. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. So, as you know, this podcast is about um, self care and empowering people to embrace self care so that they can thrive as they age. What are your top three self care habits? Uh, my personal. 
Habits. Um, yes. I, I think uh, if there are three, I think they're all combined into one. Um, I, I really uh, get great pleasure out of others' success um, uh, within this particular community and any others that you know that I'm I'm a part of uh, or interested in. Um, this for me, and without knowing it, um, we'll get uh, we'll have folks that'll come in daily, and they sense the energy uh, coming from the artwork mm-hmm. that I think I've I've started maybe taking for granted um, in that sense of, of noticing that every day. But folks are coming in and they're speaking about the energy and asking if they can touch certain pieces and. And, uh, and that's not just sculpturally, there are many other things that are uh, created um, from an individual's soul. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I firmly believe that because of uh, where everybody is mentally on this path, on this journey, and that's in a very good place. Uh, ourselves, uh, our partners, the artists, the folks that we're working with. Uh, I, I, I truly believe now uh, and have for some time that that energy comes with their work and 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 is here uh, for as long as as the work is here. Um, it's a pleasant spot to come in into, and um, uh, it's something that. Uh, that you know, we uh, we just we thoroughly enjoy. I mean, it's um, uh, and I and I think it doesn't matter what path anyone follows. Uh, I've you know, and it's taken me years um, but to figure this out. But uh, I think finding a path that does give you joy mm-hmm. uh, in your work, in your personal relationships, um, things of that nature, uh, as far as self help. Um, uh, mentally, physically, uh, it's it's finding a, a path of of happiness and satisfaction. Yes, a life, living a life with purpose. Yeah, yeah absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Whether we know mm-hmm. that or not, you know. But I think if we're happy in what we're doing, I think there's there's great purpose to that. Exactly. And, uh, and I think that you know it translates uh, out to those around us. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that. That was lovely. So just uh, wrapping up here, where can people find you and connect with you? And perhaps um, you're, are you also shipping online or is it online or no, is it strictly in the actual physical location? We have a website, mm-hmm. uh, UpperCanadaNativeArts.com, mm-hmm. um, which uh, again, uh, will certainly speak to the types of things that we bring to bear. Although, as I mentioned earlier, that changes not only you know weekly, but sometimes daily, with you know new and, and wonderful um, uh, collectibles that are that are coming to our table here. Uh, but certainly, find us online. Uh, our uh, physical address is um, in Niagara on the Lake, as you pointed out. Uh, we're at 109 Queen Street. Hard to miss uh, the black sign with the big white polar bear out there. <laughs> um, and uh, and usually on uh, most weekends, uh, there's an artist who's uh, uh, kind enough to come down and, and do some demonstrating outside of the gallery, uh, generally on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Sundays, um, um, usually family time for a lot of these folks. So generally on Saturdays. Uh, so if you're driving by the main street and uh, see a crowd you know, kind of focused around a, uh, uh, an artist, that uh, would be 
somebody that's out there, uh, you know, not only talking about their artwork, but also talking about their culture and uh, and sharing themselves with people for a day. And it's, it's, it's really a nice time for, for everyone. Oh, wow. I definitely have to make it out then because I don't think I was there on a Saturday. So that's why I didn't get to see that person. So I'm excited for that. Yes, I will definitely come by. Expect me to um, come by uh, very soon before the weather gets really cold. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, hopefully we've got a a couple of months left on that. Exactly. Yes, agree, agree. So thank you. Thank you, Tom, so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing this amazing um, information. And thank you for bridging the gap between these amazing artists and people like myself and making their art a lot more accessible. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I think it's great what you're doing and the passion that uh, you have for this, for you and your wife is uh it's really welcoming, and I did feel that energy that you're talking about in the um, in the different uh, collectibles and the different art pieces. So I I totally get it, and that's why I'm drawn um, to to tell your story to my listeners and beyond. So thank you for that. I will be definitely visiting you, and we shall stay in touch. So thank you. Have an awesome awesome day, and we will be in touch. Thank you very very much. We look forward to seeing you again. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking part of your day and sharing it with me by listening to this amazing podcast episode. I would also like to thank our sponsors, St. Lucian Seamoss. Check them out and get some awesome Seamoss at www.stlucianseamoss.co. If you enjoyed this podcast and it was helpful, please share it with your loved ones or a friend and check out SavoyaSelfCare.com for more amazing wellness tips. Please also leave us a rating now on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot and send it to info at SavoyaSelfCare.com. We will reply with a gift as a grateful thank you. If you want to upgrade your healthy living and take it to the next level, be sure to join us next week. And remember, self-care is not selfish, it's self-love. Ciao for now.